This is your host, Vernon Terrell, with Grace Ministries International. And it's time for Walking Free. And we are back for another episode. And I have with me today, uh, author of an incredible book, Elizabeth Bowman. Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Vernon. Thanks so much for having me on this morning. I appreciate it. Well, you have written a book, and we're going to talk about that book uh, in a bit. The book is called Encounter, Your Personal Guidebook for Inner Healing. And uh, this book is written in such, it's like a whole bunch of little chunks, 90 uh, to be uh, exact and broken up in three categories. And uh, I just wanted to just highlight the book for a minute, and then I want to hear about you. So uh, it starts with analyzing our thoughts. And I mean, let me just, and folks listening, I want you to hear some of these topics that are covered. Uh, And these are like, almost like, would you call them devotionals? Yes. Basically, I have broken it down into a 30, 60, 90, really uh, thought-provoking devotional to to encounter Jesus on a more intimate level. I love that word. We use um, our program that we have at Grace Ministries, which is a group-based program that takes folks uh, through about seven and a half months. Uh, it's called The Encounter. And we feel the same way. We want people to encounter Jesus. And that is what your book is designed to do. That's right. And here's some of the, and, and starting with our thoughts, which is so important. Uh, these nuggets of truth or lies, rejection, trusting God, being renewed, the process all the way through applying truth and building faith and living by faith, decisions, uh, on and on. You you get to the second major category uh, of this 30-60-90 plan of identifying emotions. This is a tough one for a lot of people. It's a tough one for me Mm -hmm. uh, just because I was brought up uh, with Mr. Spock on Star Trek as my idol. And uh, that wasn't very healthy, but uh, in this in this uh, section, removing fear, negative feelings, uh, anger, the victim mentality, bitterness, issues of the heart, worry, anxiety, negative emotions, wounds, so much meat uh, in in here around emotions, and then we uh, end with the final section of victoriously overcoming by God's strength, God's wisdom, God's good pleasure, recover it all, God's promises, a present help, the victory, uh, weapons to stand, hope in the fire. I mean, this is stuff that just resonates and I know will resonate with so many people. So you're talking about Uh, 200 plus pages of grace goodness uh, Mm. (laughs) in this book. Mm. So I want you to tell me, first of all, tell me a quick 
little snippet about yourself, and then I'm going to dive in a little deeper. Thanks, Vernon. I appreciate it. So my name's Elizabeth Bowman, and I'm actually from Charlotte, um, fourth generation Charlottean. And wow. a couple of years ago, we um, left behind Charlotte and moved to a small town called Fort Mill, which so now that's where I and uh, our family reside. So I have three teenagers, an mm. 18-year-old, 16-year-old, and 14-year-old. Let's all stop right here and pray <laughs> for Elizabeth and her husband in this stage of life. No, keep going. I know. And, and living through a pandemic with three teenagers, we could mm. probably all write a book on that, right? <laughs> um, so I have two boys and a girl a senior, a junior, and a freshman. Man, wow. That is a handful right there. So let me let me ask you, you um, and I know in some of our previous conversations, uh, your life had some challenges uh, growing up and coming through uh, into marriage. Can you give us a little bit of background about where you grew up Maybe some of the, I mean, were you born into a Christian family or were you in an unsafe family? How did all that dynamic work? What about coming into marriage? Can you give us a little bit of your journey? Yeah, I'd love to. So I grew up in Charlotte. Um, I'm one of five kids. I actually have very interesting birth order. I'm the firstborn of my father's and the third of my mother's. So it puts me as a middle child and a firstborn. So wow. out of the gate, <laughs> but I'm the first girl to be born into my family. I was actually born on Valentine's Day. So um, I think that has always been a fun birthday. Mm. So anyway, growing up, I grew up in a very social um, household and we went to church. I grew up as Episcopalian and going to church for us was a stand up, sit down performance Everyone sitting in the pew, who's there, how does that translate into, okay, I'm here, I'm sitting in the pew, I'm listening to the preacher, but I really don't hear a word that he is saying because of how ritualistic it was. Um, so growing up, grew up in a really, you know, interesting household. And at 18, I left and went to Arizona State. So I left Charlotte and went to Arizona State all by myself and went to school there for two years and then took a year off and lived in Austin, came back to Charlotte and went to Chapel Hill and finished up in psychology, graduated from Chapel Hill and got a job selling pharmaceuticals. I sold Celexa and launched Lexapro. And then I met my husband in, I was, let's see, the year 2000 hit in January, I met my husband, and um, ten months let, later, we got engaged. Let Nine me ask you later. Before I'm sorry? you keep going, yeah, let me ask you before you get going into your um, marriage. Was all of that going to school on your own, and, and you know, kind of was that a happy time? Was it with parents' blessing? Was it, or was it just I got to get out? Or no, this is just where I want to be. I think for me, I was really curious. And um, I really was ready to leave Charlotte at the time. Charlotte was really small mm -hmm. and I really wanted to embark on an adventure. So I actually had 11 bags. This is back when you could put all your luggage on the airplane. <laughs> 
And I did. And I went out there all by myself. Um, it was a huge moment in my life of freedom, really going out and discovering who I was, not based on the neighborhood I grew up in, the family that I came from, but really, who am I? Mm-hmm. I did not have a relationship with Jesus. It was a very, like I said, going to church, stand up, sit down right. kind of relationship, more of a performance. We're here because we're just supposed to be here at Sunday. Mm-hmm. So growing up like that, um, I was really a seeker of truth and really wanting to know, like, who am I? What does this really look like? And how is it going to be living out West coming from a small town in Charlotte, which is not small anymore. And um, I learned a lot about myself and learned a lot about the gifts that the Lord had given me, which I really didn't know what they were until I was radically saved. So that wasn't a, Hey, I'm going to go party and sow my oats or whatever. I think it it was was some of that Vernon, if I want to be Mm -hmm. honest with the listeners. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was like, there was a little bit of, Hey, who am I? And that involved, you know, getting out, experimenting and maybe partying, trying to figure it out. But uh, you still, when you met your, um, what is uh, your husband, you still had not found Jesus at that point. No, not yet. And, um, you know, living out in Arizona was definitely, I guess you could call it sowing my oats. I actually spent some time following the Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. which was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, um Anyway, fast forward, finished college at Chapel Hill, graduated, got a job selling pharmaceuticals, and I met my husband. We got married, and right away, I got pregnant with our firstborn child, Reed. So as I was pregnant with him, I think the Lord had been stirring in my heart when I looked back. However, Reed was born on October 7th, 2003. The next day, Vernon, at 7.30 in the morning, I was overwhelmed with the love of the father. There in the hospital room holding this beautiful baby, the Lord wrecked my heart with his love. And at that moment, the shame, the guilt, everything fell to the ground And here I was, you know, 29 years old, untrusting. I had been unfaithful. I had not followed his ways. And in fact, I had really essentially run away from him and run away from the quote, what does it look like to really be a believer? Mm -hmm. And there he just wrecked me and his love just flooded my heart and I gave my life to him. And at that moment I was like, I just want to know you. Like I want to experience every part of who this Jesus is. Mm. Wow. And that was just, it was like God just me. It was literally you encountering the God of the universe. 
That's exactly right. And his love, like mm-hmm. his unfailing love for us was amazing to me because I hadn't done anything. Here I was, a sinful, broken woman in need of a savior. Mm. And I didn't even know it. And he had given me this precious gift and I had done nothing to deserve it. Wow. So you're, I mean, you just had your baby. You've now encountered the God of the universe and now everything is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) There's no more problem. No more problems. It's all mountaintops from here on out. (laughs) Mm. Okay. We know that's not true. That's just not how life works. So continue. What, how, how did your life continue at that point? So after Reed was born, I quit work and um, I found a Bible study the first time I had ever gone to a Bible study. And we were studying a blessing and a curse by Derek Prince. So I kind of got thrown right into the fire with the Lord. (laughs) Yep. And so I just went on this relentless pursuit of who is he? And I began reading books. I began cleaning out my house. I began searching scriptures, reading the Bible, just so hungry and thirsty for his truth. And the lies that just began to burn out of me, the lies that I'm not good enough, you know, I'm undeserving. Here he was like, just loving me and speaking truth into my heart and renewing me and refreshing me. Mm. So it sounds, so life is just good. There's no problem. You're doing great. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, what could go wrong? That's exactly right. Right. So we ended, we had three kids in three years. So basically I was on the run constantly Mm -hmm. and I laugh because I can remember Vernon like getting them all ready to go to the pool putting the sunscreen on changing the Mm -hmm. diapers doing this and by the time I would get in the car buckling everybody in their seatbelts I would be so exhausted (laughs) it's like we're done unbuckle (laughs) we ain't going and all three of them have very different personalities So that has made for um, fun days, right? You never know what the day is going to be like. Wow. So you're, you're in true baptism by fire mom mode. That's right. At this point. And were you, um, were you working at the time? Were you trying to juggle that too? I was doing some Bible studies and then I decided to go back to school Um, I guess it was 2012, maybe for counseling Mm -hmm. and, um, embarking on that. But at the time I wasn't working, working No. So you're now you're in mom mode, you're studying and seeking the Lord and you're going through the ups and downs of mom mode. Um, did something break? Did something, did you have an event or something that just really 
shook things up. We did. So in 2012, um, it was June 25th, 2012, I was on the couch and discovered this whole other life that my husband had been living. Mm. And it was a complete shocker. And my husband put the kids to bed, came downstairs. We had a very intimate, long conversation. And the well, I went to bed and the Lord woke me up and he said, I work all things to the good for those who love me. Get up and pray for your husband. And I was like, are you serious, Jesus? Like, I thought, <laughs> mm. like, this is not what I signed up for. And um, in the moment of complete brokenness, he gave me so many scriptures. And the main one is I walk by faith and not by sight. So you got, you had a, basically a bomb dropped on you in that That's conversation. Right. And a tsunami, we could call it a tsunami or, too, Vernon. <laughs> yes. A tsunami. Exactly. Uh, and, there's, did, at that point, um, was there um, fighting? Was there, you said you just, you went to bed and then woke up and the Lord told you to pray. In that, in that moment where you're discussing what was going on in your head during this discussion? It was just overwhelming for me. Um, it was super sad and just really grief stricken and um, not really sure what this was going to look like and how are we going to walk this out? And I, my parents were divorced and his parents were divorced. And I just really, I didn't want that for our kids. Right. But, you know, he had to be willing. And the beautiful thing is that, he was willing, he was honest. And mm. what the Lord did in that time about just bringing about another couple, the counselors, our church, just the people that he brought to surround us during this time, my brother, one of them, was just, I mean, I was in awe that the Lord just provided people in the midst of this dark, dark valley. Mm. And he um, just began to speak to me and I forgave Chris. However, it was a process mm -hmm. that we walked through of healing. But on June 30th, my husband was radically saved by the Lord. Now, and tell his me, story is way more interesting. Well, now, is this before or after the revelation of that conversation? It was after I after. call it Discovery Day. Okay. So after Discovery Day, uh, five days later, he encountered the Lord. Wow. And uh, I was driving to the beach with the kids, and he called me up, and he goes, I encountered him. I encountered him. I experienced him. I have a born again date. And he was crying and he was just, mm. you know, the Lord wrecked him 
too. And it just was so beautiful. And obviously this has been a process and in, in time of healing, but um, the healing that the Lord did and has continued to do is amazing. So it sounds like in all of his wandering, if you will just use that word and, and, uh, and that's that other life that he was living, God was at work in that's him, right. on him, for him. And, uh, and then brought y'all together, but you still had to respond. That's you still right. had to hear it and process it and respond. And that in and of itself, it just ain't easy. It, it's not. It's, you know, when you sing the songs and you read in the Bible, surrender and trust in him. And it's one thing to say it. It's a whole nother when that's all you got. Mm. Like at the end of the day in the valley, we have to believe and choose that his rod and his staff is going to comfort us. That goodness and mercy are going to follow us all the days of our lives. Mm. And in the moment of just complete brokenness, right? Shame, isolation. I mean, how am I going to talk to anybody about this? You know, you feel like you're the woman who was bleeding for 12 years, right? In the Bible. And you were just like, I just, I need Jesus. Take me to the King. And that was really all I had was him. Because I think just, you don't want this to be your story, right? You're like, I really, this isn't what I signed up for, Lord. Like, I believe in you. I trust you. But can you give me another story? Right. And what, um, Let me ask you, uh, what was going, what thoughts uh, from the enemy were hitting you at the moment and, and after when you were hearing all of this confession? What did the enemy attack you with thoughts about your own self? About oh, about you or about your about uh, Chris and your marriage and can you remember some of those? Absolutely, I will really never forget. I could actually hear the enemy laughing in my ear, and mm-hmm. the shame and the lies. Like my biggest lie, right, is I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. So here we go again. I'm really not good enough, right? I'm in a marriage. I have three little kids. And wow, really? Like, this is devastating. And in those moments, he came in with his truth of, I love you. You know, I'm radically in love with you and you are going to walk by faith and not by sight, not by what you can see in the natural eye. Mm. And it was definitely a time of pressing in, but really he was pressing into Chris and I so much more because there was days where I couldn't pray. 
if I'm really honest, right? Mm -hmm. There was days that I was angry. There was days that I was bitter. There was days full of all these emotions. And yet God never stopped loving you, being for you, being for Chris and you, being for your marriage ever. He never stopped. No, he never stops. I mean, it's just like in the scripture, he will go after that one and chase them down and bring them back. I mean, his love for us is so much more than we could ever think or imagine. And in the dark valleys, that's where we really experience who this God is for us. The mountaintops are great, right? But it's the dark places that he purges our hearts. It's the dark places that he comes in and plants seeds that grow, that break up that fallow ground, right? Mm. Do you see, would you have responded different if you had discovered something, the secret, versus Chris coming and talking to you first proactively? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say because it didn't happen that way. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, you know, we pray, Lord, reveal what's hidden. We pray that for our kids, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? And it was kind of like the Lord just revealed this darkness. And what's interesting when couples go through this, and um, I'm actually a leader for a ministry called Pure Desire. So I walk with women who have been through this betrayal trauma, and I've really found that the man, right? Secrets keep you sick, and you were only as sick as your secret. So as soon as the man like confesses and basically like throws up on the woman, like he's feeling much better, right? Right. Because it's all gone. Like it's all out in the open and, you know, I don't have the secret anymore. And it's the woman that's like, oh my God, like how am I going to walk in this? Mm-hmm. She's walking in the mess of what he just dumped. That's exactly right. And how do I walk in this? Because, you know, it's so shameful and it's, it, and pornography is not talked about in the church, right? right? Like we can talk about anything, but let's don't talk about pornography. Right. And unfortunately it is such a problem with marriages, with men, and even now with women. And it's like, mm. we've got to come in and, and break open this dark place so that people can begin to get the healing and get the renewing and restoring of their lives in full with Christ, whether or not you're, you and your husband are able to walk through this or not, what matters is what he does in and through you because we so, can't control anything else. Right. Right. Exactly. And you, by God's grace, walked through it. So what did, how did you walk? You know, the title we talk about on, or the tagline for the podcast, um, 
And this is for a certain segment. There's the tagline is stop talking, start walking. There's times when you need to stop walking and start talking to somebody about your issue. Uh, But this particular podcast is around to stop talking about loving and walk in love. Stop talking about holy and go be holy. Um, Stop talking about uh, a good marriage and walk in a good marriage. How did you walk through this? What were some of the things you did by God's grace to walk through this? I think the the one thing I did was it was one day at a time, Vernon. Hmm. It was, sometimes it was one minute at a time. Sometimes it was, Lord, help me. I have no eloquent prayer. I just, I need some help. You know, it's like the desperation of the woman who's bleeding. Like, I just, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, like, I'm going to be healed. And I knew if I could just keep pressing and keep moving, that he would continue to show up for me. And he did. And he brought a community around me that um, he brought women into my life that had had the same experience that were able to speak truth into me. So don't isolate. Exactly. You know, my big thing is accountability, community and support. And that's what Mm. we need really all the time. Right. Because Mm. we never know when these, Gethsemane moments are going to happen. Right. I mean, we don't, we have no idea. And that's why I tell women, it's so important to look around at your support. Who are you locking arms with? Mm. Who are you walking with? You know, and then you've got to have your accountability. Who are you accountable to? What does your community Mm. look like? Right. Because the Bible says we are to bear each other's burdens. We are to walk together and share in these types of trials and tribulations. Because out of our testimony, somebody listening may break through into a deeper healing. And that's what your book is all about. It's helping folks come on, you know, we know that, you know, reading a book, you can read a book or you can read a book and you can really process through a book. Um, and your book is designed for people to really process through encountering God as you did, as Chris did, um, but really encountering the living God and, and to work through. And I would bet maybe in uh, the back of your mind or in the front of your mind. I don't know. I'm not a mind reader, uh, but that this is, you, you thought this book uh, or you designed the book to be used in groups where women uh, and, and not just women, but people can come together and process through this in community. You know, it's interesting, Vernon, because I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> when I started this process. And the Lord really took me to a deeper healing 
where I would take the kids to school, drop them off and come home. And he just was like flooding me with all of this stuff. And I just started writing and writing and writing. And then I came out and I was like, oh my gosh, encounter, encounter him, encounter his truth, encounter his goodness. Mm. Like that's what it's all about is a personal, intimate relationship with our savior. And throughout the book, when I started writing it, and then I was like, oh my gosh, this would be so great to do some questions to think on. And, you know, the great thing about encounter is no matter where you are in your journey, it meets you in that place. And then you can go back. Exactly. It's not a one-time work through. This is a journal. It's, it's, it's almost, you can, you can go through you journal. And then as you go through again, God reveals more of himself because you're changing your, your context of life is changing and you learn more things about your heavenly father of how gracious he is to you, how much he loves you. You learn more about his forgiveness. You learn more about who you are in him and how to walk in that freedom. That's exactly right. And it's not easy. And I think the more that you draw close to him, the more he purges your heart and the more that those lies that you grew up with, believing Mm -hmm. or were embedded in you or what someone told you, those begin to burn away because it doesn't matter anymore. All that matters is you and him and this intimate relationship of, wow, look at what the Lord has done. Well, I think uh, as we wrap up this very brief encounter with Elizabeth, mm-hmm. um, with you, that um, I want to encourage folks uh, as we look at, I want I want you to Go and take a look at the book. And where can they find the book, by the way? You can find it on Amazon. You can Google it. And I would love for whomever to leave a review. Love Mm. to hear what your thoughts are. Um, Please feel free to check out my website at www.unlockinghearts.com. And would love to hear from you. I do a thought every Friday, just an unlock your heart, something quick, easy. This past week was on forgiveness and just a couple tidbits about that. Mm. Um, And I would love to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear your journey, where you're at. That's what um, we want. uh, We really want to recommend and we recommend uh, Encounter for folks to go through. And I really see this um, in a small group setting. I see um, you can take a journey. Um, of of going through these 90 days and however you want to do it, but it's set up such that you can answer these questions for yourself, but it's so much more powerful. We found in our own ministry, when you get together with other folks and you share together and uh, you can learn from each other and uh, that uh, I think encounter will be a great resource uh, for you to do that. So, Let me ask you, Elizabeth, as we close out to the person who might have been or who's going through something that you went through and uh, who is hurt 
uh, male or female. It happens on both sides. Most often, the it seems that um, the women get the short end of that stick, but uh, it can happen on both sides. What advice or what encouragement would you give to someone who is in the middle of that hurt of feeling the pain uh, and the loss and the and the shame and rejection, what words of encouragement could you give to them as we close out? Mm. <sighs> to just um, press in and don't give up. Mm. Is it easy? Is, is that the first knee jerk to give up? I think it's easy just to want to give up. And I think it's harder to lean into this discomfort of healing mm. and um, renew. And it's like, how are we going to see the sunset if we can't run through the dark? Mm. That's and good. for those that are hurting, believe that the sun will rise. There's hope. And there's hope in him. Hmm. Let me add to that uh, also uh, on the lean in. Uh, lean into, um, don't be scared of the emotions. Uh, if you're a personality that typically stuffs the emotions, resist the urge to stuff it. And, uh, and I'm talking to myself uh, mm-hmm. because I've, Learn to compartmentalize for so many years, but lean into those uh, emotions, feel the emotions, uh, because they're going to come out sooner or later. That's right. Just start, you know, don't be scared of them. Um, feel the emotion and uh, deal with the hurt. Address it um, straight on, and um, don't don't run away and hide. Hmm. I think that is the knee jerk is is to get into community um, and uh, lean into God, as you said. Uh, the, the knee jerk is to is to hide or to run, resist that. That's exactly and, uh, right, Vernon. And and to know that when you embrace that anger, embrace that bitterness, it's not forever. Hmm. You know, I think about our emotions are like the clouds in the sky. They pass us by. But like you said, Vernon, not to be afraid of that fear, not to be afraid of that anger, not to be afraid of that shame. Because the God of the universe has never left you, nor will he ever leave you, nor forsake you. And uh, I'm so glad you took the time, Elizabeth, to join uh, our podcast, and I highly recommend folks to check out um, your book, Encounter, and to buy it and to share it. And I hope, uh, again, the tagline of the podcast, as we always say, if you're on the edge, if you don't know where to turn, if you're hurting, uh, one step of faith, ask the Lord, what what can I do to move forward? God, how can you direct me? Maybe the Lord's saying, you need a resource. Go out and get Encounter and let the Lord speak through that book. So if that that might be your step, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to trust the Lord that you will stop talking about it 
and you'll start walking. You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gmint.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.